We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 15, rankings. Break down each position. You want to find the rankings themselves. They change every single day with new information, at least when it presents itself. You can find those in the description right now if you want to go click on them. You can also find the Listener's League link down there as well. Down to 2,000 entries for this week, and it fills rather quickly. Filled by Wednesday evening last week. So if you do want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, I highly suggest you go do that now. Also, a reminder of the push to 20,000 subs by the end of 2020. 20,000 for 2020. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network right now. Please, you're watching the video. You might as well do that and like the video as well. I apologies for no waiver wire column or video on Monday. Uh, I had a health problem. I'll leave it at that. Um, I'm back today and, you know, I'm doing a little bit better. Not completely back all the way, but I can move around again, which is Perfect news for me. I should sit here anyway. So not in pain sitting so I can do the show. Uh, but again, uh, there's going to be no waiver wire next week because there is no waiver wire for week 16. We can just do the rankings at that point. Joining me on the line to break this all down from theathletic.com. If you're ever in the business of week 17 rankings, Jake Seeley will have them because I will not. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I will. But it, it's easier. I actually, you talked about it last week. I have my second win, Pat, because it's kind of eased up at this point. Like waivers, when I did my column, were just, hey, look, these are the high upside guys on your bench. These are the only people relevant to potentially be starting. Otherwise, go get your backup quarterbacks, tight ends, defenses, block your opponent. Make sure that if you see them having a tough, like they've been streaming quarterbacks, go grab, grab like three quarterbacks. So it makes the waivers a lot easier. The rankings, I mean, they'll be the same involvement anyway. But I don't know. I got my second win this week. I'm a week behind you. 
Yeah, well, I had my second wind, and then I threw it my back, and I couldn't move it. Then, so, then it got knocked out. <laughs> yeah, so, so my wind is gone. I need a third wind. Uh, we'll have that once the playoffs start. We'll have the full spread shows. We'll have the DraftKings shows. It'll be like starting the season anew once again after the Christmas break. We'll have a ton of content coming out over the holiday season, though, so stay tuned to that on Mayo Media Network. Subscribe now. Let's get to the rankings. Running backs to start it off. Currently in the rankings, and all these guys might not play. We'll see how it ends up going. But Ronald Jones has a broken finger. He's getting surgery. Not sure whether he's playing or not. James Conner injured his quad. And Raheem Mostart is dealing with an ankle injury that he suffered a like a stinger on. Uh, we'll have an update of, on him on Wednesday. Again, I'll adjust the rankings for those guys once more news becomes available. It does appear like David Johnson shall return from the COVID-19 list this week as well. Likely out for the week, Antonio Gibson, Christian McCaffrey, LeMichael Pirine, who is eligible to return from injured reserve but probably not going to play as of right now miles gaskin joe mixon salvon ahmed matt breda alexander madison and devonta freeman all out leading to the rankings which has derrick henry at number one against the detroit Lions. sweet schedule for derrick henry to end the year dalvin <laughs> cook austin eckler james robinson david montgomery Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, and Mike Davis at the Green Bay Packers. I guess Eckler is the interesting one. He plays on Thursday, so we'll know more about his status. But like, it seems like everyone on the Chargers is currently up in the air because they're like releasing really wonky injury reports. Yeah, you have Keenan Allen sounds like it's a normal Keenan Allen banged up at this point of the season. The Mike Williams one sounds the most concerning. You know, it's obvious. He's had injury concerns his entire career, so that wouldn't surprise me if he's out. Eckler, probably understandable you know he only came back now almost three weeks ago so you look at just again maybe banged up and come back have to watch it if Eckler's out there against the Raiders if Justin Herbert because apparently he's banged up too <laughs> so if ever you know the guys are out there you're starting Keenan Allen you're starting Austin Eckler the only conversation actually Hunter Henry's on that got a Q tag too they're all like you said um but those three guys you're starting the only conversation and we're not on your quarterbacks but the only conversation you probably have is with Justin Herbert. You're starting Eckler and Keenan Allen, no question about it, and you're probably starting Hunter Henry. I think you're starting Justin Herbert as well at this point. I know he's been uh, on I the I think decline. you can make a case at this point. It depends. Like You need to have a pretty good option. You're not going to bench him for some like rando you picked up off the waiver wire. Like I think you could have a conversation like Hertz versus Herbert this week, yeah. but that's really about it. Either, well, you, either you have Herbert or you don't at this point. Sure, but the other one, and we can talk about it when you get to the quarterbacks, but some people still have Tannehill floating out there in leagues or have Tannehill and Herbert, which I think is the better play. And if you want the safer option, if look, Herbert at this point is all over the map. And it's because this is what happens with rookie quarterbacks. This happens with rookies in general. The league adjusts to them. Now it's on them to adjust back and start to perform better. He hasn't over three weeks. So the safer floor is actually a Thursday night game with Derek Carr, in my opinion. Some people might disagree, but I think Carr's got the floor now. If you're just like, hey, I have a great team. I just can't afford my quarterback to go out there and get three points with a bunch of turnovers, then I would play Carr. But you're right. You're probably, if you have Herbert, it might be your best option. So 11 to 20, you're starting those 10 guys, and you're probably starting most of these guys yes. as well. Miles Sanders at number 11, Elvin Kamara at number 12. Probably should have him higher now that I look at it. Cam Akers, number 13. Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, James Conner, who is dealing with that injury, but we're pretending like he's playing for the moment. Ronald Jones, ditto. DeAndre Swift, Wayne Gallman, and Ezekiel Elliott at number 20. Is there any one inside that 20 maybe it is Ezekiel Elliott I don't know that gives you the most stark concerns where hey I know that there are better options lower than this because when I start looking at like the 21 to 30 range I don't see a whole bunch of better options than these guys 
Yeah, I would say it's not Ezekiel Elliott. It would be James Conner, honestly, even if he is healthy. And I know it's against the Bengals, but he doesn't, healthy or not, that entire backfield is crap. What did I say before you the show? is like, this is just a miserable backfield, and it's kind of having ripple effects. Like, everything, you know, Ben Roethlisberger struggled this year, and they've kind of been running a pseudo-run game in the passing game with throwing these little short passes to Juju Smith-Schuster, even Claypool sometimes on screens, doing these sweeps and all this. They're trying to manufacture a run game game because Connor at this point of the season has stunk since he basically got hurt. We saw you know, Anthony McFarlane and Benny Snell. They kind of stink. Benny Snell was already stealing the goal line touches from James Connor. So even if he plays, I know it's a great matchup, but I would go down to hunt against the giants, probably Damian Harris, JK Dobbins, McKissick and half and full point PPR. And then probably like now that you're getting to Deandre Washington, you're hoping for volume and chase that. I'd put him all the way down there by Deandre Washington and chase Edmonds. All right. I will take your suggestion on James Conner. Cause I have no real ties to this whatsoever. So the 21 to 30 <laughs> range, we'll slot him in here. We'll go back and forth a little bit. Kareem hunt, Damian Harris, JK Dobbins, JD McKissick, Deandre Washington, Chase Edmonds, Naheem Hines, Raheem Mostart, if he goes, Melvin Gordon, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and David Johnson against the Colts. So you would say after McKissick, yeah, I would say after McKissick. Are we, and in this room, well, well, here's here, here's my problem with McKissick. If it's Haskins starting at quarterback and not Alex Smith, I think we're in for a real issue with JD McKissick. I think there's some concern. I wouldn't say real issue. I would say an issue, uh, mostly because Haskins can still throw to the running back. Obviously, not to the level of Alex Smith. But the other thing is, he got more run than I expected. As not the lead running back and short yardage and stuff like that. But Peyton Barber's usage was pretty much third down short goal line and stuff like that, which the goal line is the more valuable carries, but McKissick was getting some run in there. So I don't think his value completely goes out the window. All right. I'll chuck Connor in behind him at number 24, the lowest of low running back twos as it <laughs> pertains to Raheem Mostert, Colonel Mostert yeah. at the Cowboys. If he doesn't go, how high up does Jeff Wilson go? So that's what I, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. I would put Wilson where you had Zeke right behind Wayne Gallman. And for everybody out there, I would be ready to get Shanahan again. I would 100% be ready for this to be a three-way backfield and all of a sudden Jarek McKinnon gets used like he did earlier this season and Tevin Coleman gets sprinkled in. We know what could happen. However, in the past couple of games, Jeff Wilson's been splitting this backfield. And what I was going to say, Pat, to this point is even if Mostert plays, I had the conversation on the athletic podcast where I said, I think Wilson should be ranked in front of Mostert at this point, because if you're giving me a 50, 50 split and you're going to keep giving the five yard and in carries to Jeff Wilson, I'm going to take the guy who's getting the goal line carries. They refuse to give Mostert the goal line carries. So if you're going to give a 50, 50 split, I would actually go Wilson. And I know Shanahan's the worst and he, we can't trust them, but you know, it's recency bias, if you want to call it. I'm just going to go with how things are going right now. I would go Wilson before Mostert, even if they both play. And I would put Wilson around 20 if he's out. All right, so I will make that switch right now. I'll put Jeff Wilson at number 28. Where should I put Mostert if he ends up going? Like, would you play Kalen Bellage on Thursday or Raheem Mostert? I would still go Mostert. Mostert right. can still break the big one. I would go Mostert all the way up. He's kind of in that Gus Edwards conversation for me. I think I'd rather Gus Edwards. I think I'd still take reliant. Edwards. He is touchdown reliant, but they're also playing the Jags and that awful run defense. Right. I'd probably go on that. Would you go James White against Miami? 
No, I would go Mostert. All right, so that's where I'll check him in. I'll check him in at number 34. Because once we get to this, like, 31 to 40 range, you have David Johnson, Jamal Williams, Gus Edwards, James White. Well, I guess it's Gus Edwards, Raheem Mostert, James White, Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray, Peyton Barber, Jeff Singletary, or uh, Jeff Singletary, Devin Singletary, Duke Johnson, and Jeff Wilson. And Wilson obviously now bumped up to number 28 in those rankings. You also have, like, Trayvon Williams, who I have the highest-ranked Cincinnati back. There's no way I'm starting anyone from that backfield. No, that that situation is baffling. Uh, I tweeted this out, Pat. Do you know 2,105 carries, touches, sorry, that's including the passing game, touches for Giovanni Bernard heading into last week's game, six fumbles, and then they bench him for the entire game, which, hey, look, if you wanted to see what you had on Travion Williams, fine. Why weren't you doing that before? If you thought Samaj P. Ryan might be something you unearthed, fine, but that it just doesn't make sense. This team is in shambles. The coaching is in shambles. I would be surprised if they make a change, even with what they have there. Uh, I'm with you. There's no way on earth. I want to risk any, a single one of them, especially against the Steelers. If you're down in this range, if you're even searching down in this range, I'm not even sure you're in the playoffs. Yeah, that's probably a pretty accurate point. I mean, you could have got there with zero RB. You could have, but there's still better options that there are hell. I would roll out Frank Gore. No, I don't know about that. Eventually, they have to stop playing him, right? No. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) after week 17. They're going to re-sign him to what, like a four-year deal? Really juice it up? They have a ton of cap space? (laughs) I think it was CD, whoever it was on Roto World that gave the blurb and said the 40-year veteran. Like That (laughs) that was was well done. The weird thing with me, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, if... Bernard was going to get benched because they wanted to take a look at anyone else. Why were they still playing Bernard so much like the past five weeks? It just makes zero sense. And if you're, and that's why it makes zero sense because if it's not that and you were teaching him a lesson, why are you teaching somebody a lesson who has six fumbles and 2,100 touches? He doesn't fumble. He's a veteran that doesn't fumble ever. So it just, again, makes zero sense. Everybody's in railing about Zach Taylor, but rightfully so. Maybe they just didn't like his mustache because it's uh, pretty porn starish. It's, it's amazing. He refused to shave. Yeah, he's like he's, like, he's like Marge shot. <laughs> wow. Now you got to keep it in Cincinnati. You got the Reds. Now it's translated over to the Bengals. No facial hair. I, that allowed. was well done. Thank you. That was well done. Uh, <laughs> any other running backs you really want to talk about? It's it's a weird week. No. Man. Like you have at this point, you're in the playoffs. You have your guys. That's who you're playing. It, it's a weird week. That's why the rankings, even the week 16 rankings, like, well, these are the guys. Hope you're playing them. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you are. Honestly, there's zero people down in this range that I, I want to even go to. And I, like even Todd Gurley, you can make a case that your boy Judge Ito should be the best one on that team. And even then, again, similar to the Bengals, not starting any of them. Yeah, yeah, you're out of the playoffs if you have these guys. Trust me, I have Todd Gurley in a couple <laughs> leagues out of the playoffs. Wide receivers. So this one is going to get a huge shift once like the official injuries start coming out. I have Mims, Cooks, and DJ Moore as likely in for the moment. Likely out, I have Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Debo Samuel, John Brown, Mike Williams, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, and Des Bryant. It appears like Debo Samuel is out for the entire season. I'm still waiting to get confirmation on that as of this recording. John Brown is eligible to return from injured reserve, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play. And when was the last time Devontae Parker actually missed a game? It's forever, which is a telling sign that he's going to try to play through it. This is the thing, though. I know we're not going through your rankings yet, but I was already going to fade him because of the matchup similar to Marv Jones last week. This just makes me, I jokingly said this with Pat Thorman. I want to get your opinion on it because this is a legitimate strategy. If I have Parker, I already didn't want to start him. 
if he plays, I'm dropping him in the hopes that the other person picks him up and tries to play him. Oh, this is one of my favorite things to do. I, I think we talk about this at this time every single season. Like, you know who you're riding with at this point. So if you have someone on your team that you're benching because you think they have a bad matchup, which presumably means that you think that they're going to have a bad game, you may as well cut him and hope your opponent picks him up and plays him because you think he's right. going to have a bad game. All you really want is for your opponent to play someone who sucks. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a great move right now if you drop Devontae Parker, and I would do it before even waivers to watch them go pick him up on waivers and then hope he plays. Yeah, and it runs your opponents at a fab two or kills or waiver priority, whatever it might be. Just you know, the, the little tricks to give you a very slight edge. The worst would be that if you drop him and someone else picks him up and he plays and he plays well and you lose because of it. Egg on your face on that one. <laughs> right, but what's the likelihood of Parker versus Gilmore not 100% with Tua in the way that Tua has been playing? I mean, it's it's more than zero. Uh, sure, but it's you know what it is. It's a good. Here's a good example. It's Miles Sanders of last week. Everything the Saints hadn't given up a hundred yard rusher since 2017. Miles Sanders was getting freaking committed by Doug Peterson. He had not looked good. It was a terrible matchup again. To go back to that, everything was there to say, and it's Jalen Hurts, a rookie quarterback. Everything was there to say. You probably shouldn't start Miles Sanders. And he goes ballistic, ended up finishing like, like RB3 or 4 for the week. So that's what could happen with Parker. It's the 10% chance. Everything says he should flop this week. But there's that 10% chance that just the, the, the sun's align. Stars align. Stars align is what you're looking for as yeah. it pertains to Miles Sanders. Unless you're on Tatooine. There is, yeah, yes. there is no better week to watch him just falter than this week, right? Like everyone's back in now, so obviously he's going to score two <laughs> points. Yep, you're going to get Jordan Howard. Two touchdowns for Jordan Howard coming. Oh, God. All right, so wide receiver rankings. I'll do the top 20 very quickly because you're playing these guys. I got Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, and Stephen Diggs. That goes into Justin Jefferson, Scoring McLaurin, Brendan Ayuk, A.J. Brown, Marvin Jones, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Robbie Anderson, T.Y. Hilton, and Corey Davis. Uh, I would bump down Marvin Jones, obviously, if Stafford doesn't play. But if not, this is shaping up to be a fantastic matchup for him. I'm with you on this. And I got a lot of questions because I was very much a bench him last week. I didn't have him like outside my top 50 wide receivers. But I was like, if you can bench him last week, the Jerry Alexander matchup was terrible. And everybody's like, well, you're going to go back to him. And I was like, yes, because... Everybody, you play wide receivers against the Titans. I will absolutely go back to him because before the Alexander Madison or Alexander Madison, Alexander matchup, he was doing great. You know, he's getting touchdowns regularly, getting 70, 80, 90 yards. So I mean, in, in I'm, fairness I'm, to him, he should have had a touchdown last week. He caught a touchdown. They just said he didn't catch it. That okay. Very, also, another good point that you've made today. Yeah, that's that's true. It could be completely like I could have been looking like egg on my face because that touchdown should have happened. There, what was the other one? There was two touchdowns last week where it was like, how do you not? Was it Zach Ertz? Yeah, it was Zach Ertz. Where it was like, how did you not overturn that? Well, then there was the Jordan Aikens drop touchdown when the sun got in his eyes. Oh, my God. It looked like I said, it looked like he threw the football off a brick wall. And that's so frustrating, too, because I had Aikens a lot on draft games. Well, either whether you had Aikens or whether you had Watson, it kind of screwed up the entire game. Or if you had bet the over in that game, it also kind of screwed that up, too. That uh, that did. Fortunately, I had a lot of Big Irv last week, too, so that, that helped. Oh, Big Irv actually came through. I had a lot of Cole Komet. He couldn't get there. The one, the one red zone target he had, Trubisky threw it like... I know, like he was throwing submarine pitches at him and just ended up nowhere near him. I was like, oh, he was wide open. And he open. got vultured by the backup tight end. 
Well, that was actually a really interesting play because we, as in real time, we were watching it. They had the ball on the one yard line, and then Jimmy Graham got called for a false start. It's like obviously he had a false start. He wants the touchdown here, and he knows they're going to run it <laughs> for on the one yard line. So he has to intentionally false start. Next target, Jimmy Graham touchdown. Obviously, that's how it works. This is like Mike Vrabel level stuff here. It's just he he's thinking the the next level above. This is how I want to get my touchdowns. This is how I get my next contract. I need to run a false start here. It's, that's how we're gonna do this. <laughs> this is like the the script for Tenet too. <laughs> I still haven't seen Tenet yet. It's uh on isn't it's on the man now. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that when theaters open back up, I kind of want to see it in IMAX. Yeah, I'm with you. Unless I don't know if that has it on. Do you have a four? I'm assuming you got a 4K TV, right? I that do might not. be kind of cool to see it in. Uh, yeah, no, I mean I'm not Jake too rich. I'm not walking around with 4K TVs. <laughs> I see, I'm not rich. I just, I spend things on the things I like. I like technology. Those are the things I spend on where other people spend it on cars and food and stuff like that. Mine's technology. I spend all my money on food. And Funkos. <laughs> yeah, fun- Funkos and TVs. I spend all my money on, I spend all my money on my kids, Jake, kids? okay? <laughs> Thank you, kids. <laughs> they run me out of money, so I have nothing left to spend on anything nice anymore. Uh, and now we get into the problem, range. I think those top 20 are pretty good. Um, obviously they're my ranking, so I assume they're very good. 21. I have Deontay Johnson still at number 21. I think this is going to be a rebound week for him. What do you do with Deontay Johnson? Like, can you, if you're still alive in the fantasy playoffs, you're not benching him. Are you? No, you're not at all. Uh, I'm looking for the, dang it. I should have had this. I had the tweet that I looked it up on Monday, um, to find the snap count as everybody knows in the target share, it was pretty much held the same. They benched him in the second quarter, as we all know. But then after that, he was out there for almost 100% of the snaps in the second half, and he was getting his normal target share. So they, it, was a, it was a telling sign of like, hey, you're, you need to figure things out and stop screwing around. Uh, here it is. So the season average, 72% of the snaps, 72% routes run on his snaps at a 23% target share. What happened in Q3 and Q4, quarter three, four, 100% of the snaps in both quarters. He got 80% of his routes were snaps and or snaps were routes and then he had a 22 percent target share he was right back to who he was it's just he got taught his lesson in the second quarter so i'm going back to him the drops are still a concern just because that's going to affect his production but they benched him in the second quarter to teach him a lesson and it's over it happened it was over by the second half so this is a week really at receiver if you don't have like an absolute stud that's an absolute must start that i'm going with rolling the dice on whoever you want to go with here if you think that lynn bowden's in a great position fucking go for it just (laughs) Knock, knock him out there. Hopefully he comes through for you. So I got Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Claypool, Shepard, Jarvis Landry, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Cole Beasley, Juju into Lynn Bowden at number 31. Richard Higgins, Hollywood Higgins, 32. <laughs> nice to see that he's finally coming through three years later. Chris Godwin, Tim Patrick, T. Higgins, Chad Hansen, my guy. Keelan Cole, Nelson Aguilar, Brendan Cooks, and Michael Pittman. Honestly, once you get past Deontay Johnson and like starting with Tower Lockett at 22, I just think it's kind of a cluster. Like, who do you feel the best about? It, it really could be anyone here. Like, if you want to play Higgins over Lockett, not really much I could say to you. No, you really can't at this point. Tyler Lockett, honestly, has been what we used to hate about Amari Cooper before he had Dak Prescott. He's a wide receiver three that has weekly top five upside but usually finishes as like a three or a four. And it's just those huge games. Like at the end of the season, I think Tyler Lockett's still inside the top 10 
he might just be outside of it. He's a wide receiver one on the season, but it's three games. And, you know, that's what you have to live with. And do you really want to live with seeing him score 40 points on your bench? And the 40 point is that's not even tongue in cheek. That could happen. Uh, not a great matchup, but, you know, I think 22 is a fair spot to what you're talking about, though. I could see playing Cooper above him because Cooper's been consistent with Dalton. I could say play DJ Moore, even with the bad matchup, because at least he's coming down like, you know, they're using him a little bit more in the slot than they were earlier in the season, but still Robbie Anderson's been that guy. So maybe he gets away from Alexander, but you know, there's a lot of guys in this range that you said you can make a case. You can make a case for Godwin. It was his first really bad game since Antonio Brown's been there. The other three games weren't huge, but they were solid. Tim Patrick's been great. Nobody wants Tim Patrick. So there's a lot of guys you could say you could rank as 22 all the way down to 40. Yeah, and even beyond that, like I have Antonio Brown at number 41. I got Chenault. Now that Gardner Minshew is like, he's, have they proclaimed him the starter yet? Yes, he started. So he is starting. Okay, good good news. Back on Gardner, our guy. So Antonio Brown, Chenault, Kendrick Bourne, who's going to be filling in for Debo, uh, Tyron Johnson, who's probably going to be filling in for Mike Williams in this nice matchup against a banged-up secondary of the Raiders on Thursday night. Christian Kirk, Lazard, who's playing more snaps all of a sudden again, although MVS keeps getting... (laughs) extra work Boyd Mims Slayton who looked more like early season Slayton last week although Daniel Jones was just looked horrible then Kiki and DJ yeah, Chark like broken. there's a range of like 40 wide receivers that like I said go with your gut on this one like I have them ranked in the order that I would play them if you think I'm an idiot which you would not be wrong to think uh <laughs> trust who you trust yeah the only out the only place I'll go is we haven't even gotten there yet is there's two I could see making the case for being higher. One is number 60 in Jameson Crowder, just because the Rams are like the Ravens and you beat them up in the slot because their outside corners are so good. But Crowder, Crowder has to be 100%. You know, I didn't but, but he's not. Last he's, week. he's not going to be 100%, though, is the thing. Like he, even, he was so banged up, he, he ended up playing. He, then he like lost a bunch of snaps to barriers. Right. Right. But I was saying is, is, well, I mean, there's still time he could get in practices. He's got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to go. Sure. But unless it's that bad, is it that bad? I mean, I just assume that well, he even I, played in the game at all. I think it's twofold. One, he might play and then he's banged up and then you end up with like a 50% crowder. And the Jets, like as much as we want to think that there's like value to be mined from the Jets passing game, like spoiler alert, there's not. <laughs> no, sure. There's not. And to be clear on this. It's not Crowder unless it's a full practice on Friday. Like, if he gets limited, limited, full on Friday, sure, fine. I was actually completely wrong on that. I didn't even think he was going to play because he went from limited on Thursday to did not practice on Friday, and they promoted Jaleel Scott and Kager. So I thought he was going to be out. But if he practices full on Friday, I'm saying, you know, look, I'm not telling you to start Crowder over Antonio Brown and Michael Pittman. I just think that he comes into play as an upside option in this matchup because that's going to be the guy in this matchup. The other one, if you want to completely do the dice roll here, I think Marquise Brown against the Jaguars, three straight games. He's back. He's he's producing all of a sudden. I know it's a lot of fluke and big plays, and that game actually swung my home league. That very last touchdown to him, somebody jumped somebody by four points who had Dobbins. Uh, but I think that Marquise Brown has still that ceiling that I haven't wanted to start him all year long, but I would start him over Christian Kirk at this point. Probably even Chanel. Ooh, really? Chanel's still third on the team in snaps. Yeah, but like that, I, that's, I, that's, at, le- at least with Chanel, they're using him enough that he's providing points every single week. And I guess you can make that. Okay, claim if you want for- the floor. I, I do. It, I think it really depends on the situation that you find yourself in right now in your matchup. Like, are you a heavy favorite? Do you just need eight points? Then 
Chenault's probably your guy because right. Marquis Brown. We talk, might, we talk about that a lot. Marquis Brown might just deliver you a zero. Of course, and we we do that a lot on your show. Chenault, Brown, Floors, Pittman, Boomer Bust, Brandon Cooks, not knowing how healthy he is, Boomer Bust, Aguilar's Boomer Bust, Cole Floor, Hanson, Boomer Bust. So there's a lot of guys in this 30 to 40 down to 50 range. You know, DJ Chark, terrible matchup. And he's still getting a ton of targets, just cannot get on the same page, no matter who the quarterback. He hasn't been on the same page of even Gardner Minshew since week three. It's been week four and everything after, whether, I don't know if it's rookie struggles, or not rookie struggles, the second year struggles, and he's facing tougher competition, or like whatever it is. He's not on the same page, no matter who's at quarterback. But seven, eight, nine, tar- he's still getting opportunities. So he's another boomer bust option. So just hammer that point home to everybody out there, Pat. We do it all the time. If you need the upside, you know who to go with. If you need the floor, there's a lot of options in here where you need the floor. QT, terrific floor. I think it depends, too, as it pertains to the Ravens' passing offenses, how competitive you think that the Jags are going to be in this game. Because as we saw, even against Cleveland, until they were forced to pass, they didn't want to pass. <laughs> At, what is it at that point is still he had more uh, the more jackson had more runs than he had attempts or completions there was something going on for a while there well he had to take a shit didn't he no i mean even before that he had more <laughs> yeah he had more runs <laughs> they st- hey they still said that's what that wasn't the problem he said it was truly just cramps sure maybe, maybe it was but it really looked to me like he had, he had the squirts going i mean you, pra- have you pra- ever tried prairie, to run prairie dogging just a little bit i played baseball have you ever tried to run with cleats on concrete? You have to run like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't want to slip and make it worse at that point. Especially That's if what I'm saying. Especially like, if you you kind of have to run like you look like you have a load in your pants. But maybe you do. Maybe because he, he, he really wanted that guy both. to get out of there quickly. He did. I know that, that that's the damning evidence is that how quickly he was trying to get that guy. Out of the way. You need to be to, Jake. I'm wrong about so much, but I want to take my Antonio Brown's not going to be very good victory lap because there's only two weeks left. Oh. And uh, I, I, I think I win this one. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I never said he was going to be very good, but you were definitely lower than I was. So yes, you can take the victory lap. Yeah. He, he was basically unusable. <laughs> Yeah, so there, yeah, absolutely. I thought he would be. I thought two things. I thought he had the potential to be top 20, and I thought there was at least a floor of wide receiver four and a half and full point PPR. But you're right. He really hasn't been usable most of the time. And now it's going to be fun when, like, everyone who picked him up and be like, oh my God, Antonio, did you know Antonio Brown is the best receiver in football? You should have seen, like, the outrageous comments that. Like when I was like, yeah, like pick him up and trade him if people want him. Like, don't use him because he's gonna be bad. That's the conversation we had. Yeah, you know what? And I like that. I that was an idea that I preach. Pick him up because there's some dummy in your league who thinks he's gonna be awesome. Then I put it out there. It's like this guy doesn't believe in Antonio Brown. He is the most skilled receiver. It's like the guy hasn't played in like a year and a half. What are we talking about here? I listen that, as someone that who part, was, we were on the same page. As someone who was once a Josh Gordon truther and waited for like half a year for him to come back, I learned my lesson on that one. <laughs> stop breaking the law asshole yeah uh so it would only be you know just desserts to watch him go for like three touchdowns this week after everyone who picked him up has been eliminated from the playoffs from playing him the past six weeks oh 100 percent, no question about uh, it what's uh another another boomer bust way down your list i'm, I'm sorry say, say, Mo- say, say that again i was saying another boomer bust way down your list 68 darnell mooney if you're desperate i mean if you're just going for pure ceiling oh mooney tunes i don't know what his ceiling really is <laughs> oh it's 80 yards and a touchdown yeah so that's not even really much of a ceiling 
I'd say I he mean, is a bit more. I, I'd say his like four for forty floor is a bit more guaranteed than that. Sure, but I think his ceiling is higher than a couple guys in front, like Judy. At this point, Demir Bird hasn't done anything since that three hundred yard game by Cam Newton. Yeah, but three hundred. I mean, two hundred of them went to Demir Bird. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, Jacoby Myers is like, I don't know why I have an infatuation with him now. Um, I'll probably just end up playing him on DraftKings. But I do think that the way to beat Miami through the passing game, I mean, they're going to try to run as much as possible on Miami. But like you said earlier, like any team that is like almost like Crowder against the Rams, like you beat them in the slot, same way you attack Miami. Yeah, it is the same way. And um, I'm looking right now, 22% target share last week, but Bird had 35% last week. Also, Nikhil Harry is a thing. How about that happening when nobody cared and nobody wants well, to anymore? Well, you see, the issue is uh, when you have this big of a market share, the issue is comes in when Cam Newton throws the ball nine times during a game. <laughs> That's certainly fair. <laughs> <laughs> right. I will take the 11% target share from Matt Ryan rather than the 80% target share from Cam Newton. <laughs> hey, I mean, we had, what, 20 attempts last game? Somewhere around there? Almost cracked 100 yards, too. He's a hero. I know. It's a big day. Don't look out. <laughs> Massive now. explosion day for Cam Newton. Uh, tight ends. <laughs> I have Noah Fant as likely in with his illness, which forced him out of the game early last week. I have Austin Hooper returning from the neck injury, which kept him out on Monday evening. And Kyle Rudolph with his foot injury, but maybe he calls it quits for the season. I don't know. Likely out, Mike Gesicki and George Kittle. Although, San Francisco seems really hell-bent on... It must be Kittle really pressing to come back and play because everyone who has returned from injury for the 49ers so far this season has immediately got banged up again. <laughs> I, know. I I kept saying that for a while. There was, And now this probably goes back five or six weeks where people are saying, should I stash Kittle, stash Kittle? And I say, why? He wants to come back two weeks earlier than he's supposed to. And two weeks earlier than he's supposed to is only week 15 anyway. So do you really want... To risk that and the 49 as being the 49ers. The 49ers going to let him do that. They're out of the playoffs. They're looking to next season. You know what you have in Kittle. But you keep saying this, and the, I see the weeks progressing. And last week, before last week, I said, you know what? Go ahead and stash him. Because if he plays, he's going to be a top five tight end, even with the risk. So, you know, if you want to stash him, go right ahead. I, I, I can't argue against it at this point because you're you're right. I don't understand the 49ers. I don't, I mean, it's Shanahan. We don't understand Shanahan, period. So, uh, spoiler, Travis Kelsey, number one in the tight end rankings. Wow. Darren Waller, number two. <laughs> is there, has there ever been a gap as wide as this year between Kelsey and the rest of tight ends? I don't think it's ever been this big. Uh, even, even back with Jimmy Graham and Gronkowski, because there was another, you know, one of those were usually the same year. And even if you did the gap after them, I don't even think it was ever that big. I mean, we're looking out here, right? We got Darren Waller is... Forget total points. I mean, the gap is 60 total points. But even after that, it's four and a half points per game. Yet, I don't remember the last time it's been that. that it's two points. That's not even close to go back. Two points again. The two points might be the biggest gap we have. And I'm so just clicking through the years here. And so it's been so it's more than double that this year. 2.5 Gronkowski over Graham in 2011. Wow. Yeah, it's almost it's almost. Oh, here we go. Antonio Gates over Jason Witten in 2000 had 3.6 more points, but he only played 10 games. So is this the most valuable tight end season ever? 
I think you can make the case that it is. I mean, even if you take Gronkowski and Graham's seasons, the argument is, is that you had one of the others or somebody close to them that year. This gap, yeah, it might be the MVP. He's leading the league in receiving yards, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, that alone <laughs> should like make it the best tight end season ever. So Kelsey's one, Waller's two, Hawkinson is number three, Rob Gronkowski, number four. Guys, just safe every single week. You just get to touchdowns. Mark Andrews, Logan Thomas, Evan Ingram, Robert Thunyon, Hunter Henry, if he plays, Dallas Goddard. That's into Noah Fant, Dalton Schultz, Janu, Jared Cook, Cole Komet, Austin Hooper, Adam Shaheen, Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. Jordan Reed, Eric Ebron. Hayden Hurst sucks, by the way. Yeah. Like I, is that I, it? Yeah, that, that, that's my entire take on Hayden Hurst. Because you know, okay. I, I don't I, really, I don't have a counter argument. Like I, everyone was really gung ho to play him. Like, oh man, Julio's not playing. It's gonna be such a big week for Hayden Hurst when he have like one catch for seven yards. I actually mentioned that on the Sunday show. Is that it's it's weird. It's similar to T.J. Hawkinson. Is that T.J. Hawkinson when Kenny Galladay's been out before earlier this year? Now T.J. Hawkinson started to do more throughout the season, but. At the beginning of this season, it was he's the same TJ Hawkinson, whether Kenny Galladay's out there or not. Hurst has been essentially the same tight end, whether or not Julio Jones plays, and sometimes even worse. So, yeah, I did. I was fortunately not in on Hurst last week. To go back to your top 10, no way I'm playing Evan Ingram at number seven with Daniel Jones broken because if, if, even if he is broken and they turn to Colt McCoy, that's probably not even better as we've seen. And Colt McCoy was warming up in that game. Okay, so I'll, I'll, Put Ingram down, but how far down can he really go? Like all the rest of these guys suck too. No, I think he's in that. I think he's in the upside risk situation with a Jono and a Jared Cook is it's either a touchdown or maybe Daniel Jones surprisingly gets back towards 100% targets him 17 times. All right. I'll put him at number 12 in between Schultz and Jono Smith. Yeah. I just don't think you can right now with how bad. I mean, Daniel Jones, it wasn't just the fact that he looked terrible throwing is he did not want to run. And as much as we can crap on Daniel Jones, part of his ability in throwing is his escapability. Like, even when he doesn't run, which just helps him in fantasy, even if he's not doing that, for the passing game, despite his deficiencies there, is being able to get away from pressure. And the Arizona Cardinals were just getting after him time and time and time and time again. All right. Any more notes on quarterbacks or on tight ends? Because I really have none. No, I, it might be Duran Smythe instead of Shaheen if you're going that far. So could be. <laughs> you, you flip yeah. a coin there. Quarterbacks for the week. I have Stafford as in Alex Smith and Drew Brees is out. Mahomes, number one against the Saints. Rodgers, Lamar, Brady, Herbert, Josh Allen, Murray, Russell Wilson, Taysom, Jalen Hurts are the top 10. I got your boy Tannehill, Deshaun at number 12, Roethlisberger, Goff, Cousins, Bridgewater, Rivers, Stafford, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield. That's my uh, that's my top twenty. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, you sound so unenthusiastic about that. I, I, I listen. You either have the guy that you've got to to get there. Now I know like super flex leagues and two quarterback leagues, but that's not really the purpose of this show. This is more of a broad ranging show where people start one quarterback. That I don't know, once you get past Deshaun Watson, like either you picked up Hill or you picked up Jalen Hurts, or you know you're not gonna. Are you really playing Derek Carr in this week when there are available quarterbacks to pick up? Really. Not if they're available, but if I need the floor, Philip Rivers and Derek Carr are both floors at this point. Again, to go back to the conversation we had at the beginning of the show, the Justin Herbert situation, they have he has a lower floor. If you can't afford that risk, 
you might be okay. I mean, honestly, if your team's strong enough and, you know, maybe there's a points situation on the line or something like that, you're in a two-round playoffs or something, you know, you could go with Herbert. But I'm just saying, I could see the case for benching Herbert for the floor if you're good enough for that. Honestly, if you need more boom or bust, even at 20 and 21, Baker Mayfield and Trubisky have a higher ceiling than Kirk Cousins against the Bears at this point. You know, you could go for them, but you understand that their floor, similar to Justin Herbert, is like a zero. So there's a significant risk. It's depending on you. We said it how many times on your show already? Three times today is to evaluate your roster, decide what you need, and that will help make your decision. The only one I'm going to complain about, and you know this, is you said it because you said it's my boy, Ryan Tannehill against the Lions. And Ryan Tannehill's Second worst game was just last week where he still almost scored 17 points when Derrick Henry goes off. He's got 17 points in every other game except for one when Derrick Henry goes off. So if you're telling me 17 points is his floor and most of the games where Derrick Henry goes for 101 or two touchdowns, he's doing 20, 30 points, then I'm playing Tannehill. I'd play Tannehill over Taysom Hill, and I would I would put Herbert behind him. I'm still going to listen. Unless all of these guys are ruled out, if – it does appear like if Allen and Henry and Eckler all play, I'm playing Justin Herbert against the Raiders, who are terrible. Like, that's just happening. And I okay. don't see a reason why Derrick Henry wouldn't score, like, three touchdowns in this game. Uh, and if it's, like, <laughs> 20, but- if it's 20, let's say it's 20 points, and, like, even a 17-point floor, uh, and unless they fall way behind in the game, that he's probably not going to get to, like, 35-type points. I think that everyone else above him does have, like, a 35-point, like, ceiling and a, probably a higher floor at this point. No, Taysom Hill doesn't. Taysom Hill's ceiling was 26. So, uh, look, the Chiefs just were a bad matchup, and then just got obliterated. So there's certainly potential there. I just, look, I'm a Tannehill stan, if you want to call it that, but, you know, whatever it might in, be. In, unless, you're, nitpick- in, unless you're 12 years old, you should probably not use the word stan. <laughs> It was the first time. Blame Rick and Morty. I got it going on on the side. I don't know. I got weird things. I was watching the Get Swifty part, and it just kind of was the first word that came to mind. I'm sorry. I don't like it. I don't like it. Can I say Mark? I'm a Tannehill Mark. I mean, again, that's something like, isn't that like a wrestling term? So, like, now now you've upgraded from being 12 to 14? (laughs) No. I went from 12 to being 40 years old and at home watching it in my sweatpants. Okay. As we alienate 90% of your listening audience. My entire show is about alienating the, uh, the wait, till, wait till I do the spread show this week with Jeff and his sneaker collection. Good God. Hobbies, uh, hobbies of teenagers is the way that I look at it, but that's me, and people disagree with me all the time. I mean, you said 12 years old. Look at my backdrop, Pat. <laughs> I, I guess that's true. I, I, I should have realized who I was talking to. Defenses, before we get out of here, shortest show of the year because, I mean, you know what we're saying at this point. I got the Rams at number one against the Jets. That seems pretty logical. The Bills against the Broncos. Bills defense coming on here the past two weeks. Starting to look like the Bills defense we thought they might be coming into the year. Colts, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Chiefs, 49ers, Dolphins, Chargers are the top 10. I'm still okay with the Steelers because they're playing the Bengals. If they weren't playing the Bengals, I would have them significantly lower with the way that they've looked. They're still generating pressure, though. After that, if you're looking for, like, I mean, there's tons of streamers in that mix anyway, but after that, Patriots, Bucks, Eagles, Footballs, Seahawks, Broncos, Cardinals, Vikings, Giants, and Falcons. But I think you can get away with streaming. I mean, the Bills could be available. We'll see with the Ravens, uh, if people actually played them or not. The Chiefs are still widely available. The 49ers are pretty available. The Chargers are definitely going to be available. So I like the Cardinals. I, I've been big on the Cardinals the past few weeks. Um, I don't love them against the Eagles because 
just with Hertz keeping the ball on the ground, if he's not fumbling a ton, then it's really hard to score a ton of fantasy points unless he's really generating a lot. I, I think that Philadelphia, even with their banged up offensive line, will be do a better job of mitigating some of the pressure that Arizona. I mean, it's one thing that Arizona can generate pressure on Daniel Jones, who's like injured and is a statue. It's a bit different when you're chasing down a guy who's going to run away from you. Sure, but at the same time, it's the pressure is what I'm looking for. And I'm thinking on the flip side is that sometimes, you know, Arizona was a good defensive matchup play because you get after Kyler Murray, who takes sacks just because he does scramble sometimes. And the, the threat is that he runs away from it, obviously. But if you're talking about you're talking about pressure for Arizona, what they've been getting, the Eagles offensive line isn't too dissimilar from the Giants. And like you said, the difference, the difference has to, has to do with the offensive lines, has to do with the quarterback. And Hertz can get away, just ran for 100 yards. But Hertz can also make some mistakes if he's rolling out and he doesn't run and he throws instead. So I'm not saying start him. The Cardinals inside the top 10, you were just mentioning streamers and they were intriguing one that I thought for Arizona's got a decent matchup next week too. Like if the Cleveland Browns have been picked up and you only have one more spot and you can't afford three defenses or two defenses or whatever, they have a decent matchup next week too if you're looking for one for both weeks. Seahawks have a decent week 16 matchup if I recall that correctly. The hell do they? Play? I think they got the Rams. Okay, so no, they do not. There was someone. <laughs> there was one of these teams that had like a bad. Maybe it was Houston, something like that. Does Houston play Jacksonville? No, they played Jacksonville twice. Now I got to go look at Week 16. Houston has Cincinnati. That's who it is. I remember Houston had like one bad matchup, but generally speaking, they had a good playoff schedule, despite not being a very good defense. Yeah, Arizona's got San Francisco at home next week. Well, that's that's, pre- that's pretty good. That, technically, that's at, at home and on the road because now San Francisco that's their home now. Excellent news. <laughs> All right, Jake, we got one more week of this left. Then we'll start doing like DraftKings picks during the playoffs. Nice. Always fun. All right. So I got my second win. I'm excited. I, I'm going to work on my third win and I will get back to you <laughs> on that. Uh, so I will talk to you same time next week. Yes. Smash the like. Smash the like. Oh, of course. And sub to Mayo Media Network. Also, you're live on Sundays, right? Yes. Right yeah. after you. Yeah. I, I'm no longer live for the rest of the year. I'm taking Sundays off to watch. Oh, football. smart. I'm going to watch football, but I have a family obligation this Sunday, and then I don't think I'm working the day after Christmas. We, uh, all right. Well, in that case, yeah, we do 11 till 1230-ish. I'm out at noon if you're trying to get your lineup questions in, but we do everything, the big news, and then Nando's sprinkling in the chat questions, so we answer lineup questions throughout the morning. Okay. Jake Seeley, The Athletic YouTube channel, at Kid. On Twitter, you can check out his rankings, including Week 17 rankings, during Week 17. He doesn't have them out yet. <laughs> but they tend to come out at midnight on Tuesday. My rankings are in the description. They'll be updated periodically when there is new injury news. The rest of the week, we got the spread show. we got the DraftKings show. we got the injury update. Smash the likes up to the channel. And good luck in your fantasy playoffs. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.